Awesome. Can we give these kids a round of applause? Awesome job. Hey, we want to thank you for joining us uh, for Christmas Eve today. And we have, are already having a great time of worship. Amen? Amen. Band, you're doing an outstanding job. I uh, am so grateful for each of you. Grateful for our scripture readers. Those are uh, youth that are reading the scripture for you today and doing a great job. And, uh, and these kids just blew that away. Thank you, kids. And, uh, and thank you to all the leaders that helped them do that. Uh, picturing, picturing today, I honestly thought it was going to be way more chaotic uh, than that just was. That was really good and really smooth. One of the things I thought would be special about uh, having them come up here, uh, and it was more than I imagined, honestly, is that as we, as we heard the Christmas story, it was special to see the Christmas story and to see people coming to Jesus. And there was one especially cute angel that was very fascinated with baby Jesus the whole time we were up here. Uh, and I got a lot of, of joy out of that. What we celebrate at Christmas is just that, that people near and far came to the manger, came to see Jesus. And, and we celebrate just how different those people were. There were the, the lowly and young Mary and Joseph. There were the angelic beings, the angels that couldn't miss out on celebrating. There was the regal wise men that came and then the lowly shepherds. I think our shepherds probably smell a lot better than the original shepherds did when they came. Uh, Caitlin said maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, they, they came, but all these different people come from near and far and they're coming to the manger, coming to Jesus, coming to celebrate and to worship on that first Christmas. And I think having the kids here helps us see that in a special way. Uh, there's a prophecy uh, from a, a long time before Jesus, 600 years or so before Jesus, by a prophet named Isaiah that I think similarly helps us appreciate what might be a familiar story to you. Isaiah prophesied during a time when God's people were not following him. And so he told them there's coming a very dark time when you, God's people, are going to be pulled out. You're going to be taken away from God's land. And it's going to be a very challenging time for you as you are removed, taken away from this land. But Isaiah could see ahead, not just to the dark coming days, but he could see beyond those to the bright and glorious days that would come after the dark days. Isaiah chapter 60 is a, a passage from those glorious days after the dark days. And the first few verses of that chapter say this, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and glory will be seen upon you. And nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. He said, there's a day coming where you're going to be scattered among all the nations. But after that day, there's another day coming when you are coming back, and not just you, but all the nations will be coming and gathering and celebrating the glory of God. And when they come, he says, they won't come empty-handed. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6, tells us about something they're going to bring. And I wonder if this sounds familiar to you. He said, they shall come and bring gold and frankincense and shall bring good news, the praises of the Lord. 600 years before Christ, Isaiah saw a day when people would come from all nations bringing gifts like gold and frankincense in worship to God. 
What Isaiah was picturing was the day of Jesus Christ. A day when people would come, not just from there locally, but like the wise men from the east coming from a long way away and coming bearing gifts fit for a king. As Jesus grew up, he told his disciples at one point that he said in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, just as the wise men came following a star, just as as Isaiah prophesied about a light that would come on Israel, Jesus says, I am the light. And the same invitation that Isaiah gave, the same invitation that the kids helped us see and celebrate this morning is the same invitation we have at Christmas to come and to worship the light of the world. That's what Christmas is about. I hope that's why you're here. I hope that's what you're able to do this week is to come and to worship the light of the world. Isaiah prophesied about the glory of God coming and coming to this place. And when Jesus came, he said, I am the light. He is the good news. The reason why light is good news is not just so you can read your page, which I have a hard time doing right now. But we, the reason the light is a good news is that it represents all the things we want most in the world. It's the love we desire, the peace we desire, the joy that we long for. And Jesus says it comes through him. You see, the good news of Christmas is that the things you long for the most... The joy, the peace, the satisfaction isn't something you manufacture on on your own. It's something you receive from God. If you've never met Jesus, if you are not a follower of Christ, Christmas is an invitation to come and to worship Him and to know Him. It's an invitation to admit that we don't have it all together, that we don't have all the joy, all the satisfaction, all the, the, the things that we want in the world. We don't have it. We can't make it. And in fact, many times we're part of the problem. We need a savior. We need forgiveness. We need reconciliation. And the light of the world, Jesus says, that's what Christmas is about. He came to us to invite us to follow him. Come to worship the light of the world at Christmas. If you're a follower of Christ, the invitation is still the same to come and follow him because you will not find greater delight in the presence you or your kids will open tomorrow. You not find greater satisfaction or greater joy anywhere else. The light of the world is the satisfaction we all long for. It's the joy we long for. He is the light. Isaiah 60 gave us an invitation, but he also gives us a promise about that light. He says, this is the greatest thing you could ever enjoy. And if you receive it, something incredible happens. He makes it clear about who the light is. In Isaiah chapter 60, verse 2, he says, The Lord will arise upon you, and His glory will be seen. There's no doubt about who the light is. God is the light. He is the source. But then for everybody who who, who sees that light, something amazing happens. Verse 3 says, The nations shall come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your rising. You see, he imagines God like a sun that rises up over us. But when we receive it, he says, you are the ones rising now and you have a light. Which sounds a lot like what Jesus said. He said, I am the light of the world in John 8. But in Matthew 5, he says, you are the light of the world. Let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father who is in heaven. You see, Christmas is an invitation to come and to worship, but it's also a promise. Because everybody who receives that light becomes a light. Everyone who comes to worship the light of the world becomes a light to the world. And that's the invitation of Christmas. And that's the promise of Christmas. If you come to the light, if you come to know Jesus, 
You are transformed by that light and you become a light to those around you. When you are transformed, you become a display of the light of the world for all to see. This week, I, I hope and pray that you would shine that light. You would be a light to those around you. And it might look as simple as tomorrow morning. I know there's going to be chaos for many of you. If you've got kids, Christmas morning is chaos. But I hope you can carve out some time to celebrate the light of the world. Be a light in your home. Spend some time in worship. Gather and sing some of the songs we just sang or some of your own favorite Christmas songs. Read the Christmas story and ask, why is this story still good news? Worship Him on Christmas Day. Maybe as you gather with friends and family, at some point you're going to be around a meal and there's going to be an opportunity to pray. Volunteer to lead that prayer. And as you pray for God to bless the food, pray for God's blessing upon the people around you. You may have people around a dinner table this week who don't yet know Jesus. And you, as you pray over them, can experience and express the presence of God in a powerful way just in that simple prayer. Or maybe you'll have the opportunity to have some Intentional conversations with loved ones, friends, family this week. To ask them intentionally about what God's doing in their life and how God's at work and, and what may be going on, how they really are doing. Press past the small talk so that the light can shine into your family gatherings this week. Be willing to be vulnerable, be honest about what God's doing in your life, how God's speaking to you and how He's shaping you. Because if you have come to Christ, He transforms us. Everybody who comes and worships the light of the world, becomes a light to the world. That's the invitation, and that's the promise of Christmas. For us uh, at Infinity, because we know we have lots of little bitty hands, we, we do this, I know it may be a little bit cheesy, but it's a lot safer than candles. <laughs> and so we use these, these little lights uh, so that we keep everybody safe. But what they represent is that the light of the world has come. And everybody who receives it becomes a light to the world. So I invite you, if you haven't already, you can pull out your little, little tea light and you can turn it on. And Aaron, can I invite people to stand with us as we sing our last song? Yeah, if you would stand with us, we're going to sing three uh, verses of Silent Night. <laughs> 